0: Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOY app on Apple or Google Play. I'm talking about the Sabbath today. Oh, goodness, not another not another sermon on the Sabbath, right? It's like we've heard this a thousand times. <clears throat> so, but you know, if you're 5 years old, you haven't heard it a thousand times. You know? you're 50, you may have, but if you're five, you haven't heard it a thousand times. And so this, this is not, this is a little different approach possibly. I'm not going to talk about the validity of the Sabbath. I'm not going to talk about how the Catholics tried to change the Sabbath, um, which day the Sabbath is on or when it begins. I'm not talking about none of those things. Those things are pretty easy to figure out. It's not complicated. And we're Pretty much on board. We we all, I think we would say we agree on those things. Uh, But I've heard some ideas of late. I mean, not of late, but just over the years about the Sabbath that is perplexing to me because I was I grew up a certain way of how we are to observe. I actually remember one time when I was growing up that we weren't allowed to go outside because it was a Sabbath. Of course, that's a bummer, you know, when you're a kid. And so I think uh, our parents is trying to, to, you know, make the Sabbath, keep it, keep it holy, but, but they was kind of go at it the wrong way. Uh, but the idea that some, some people believe that even, even the buying and selling of goods is not, not you know, condoned on the, or is condoned on the Sabbath is not uh, to be something you shouldn't be doing. In uh, the idea that if it's not specifically mentioned in Torah, then we don't want to add to or take from. But we don't, we want, we want to stay with what, exactly what the Torah says. Well, I think you're going to find out that there's a lot of things you have to read between the lines a lot of times. So uh, I just, just hang with me here. So, and, and I've heard somebody else say one time, said like, if you really want to know how to observe the Sabbath, you just need to, watch the Jewish people and see what they do. Well, they have a lot. That's what Yeshua was fighting the whole time. The, the apostles was fighting the whole time as these man-made laws and these ideas that, that they had about how to observe the Sabbath. So I, I think you're, if you read some of, their, some of their stuff about how they observe the Sabbath, you find it's pretty it's kind of a little, little odd. You don't have no idea where they even come up with this stuff. <clears throat> but most of us by nature... We're going to try to do the least amount we can do. You know, whether it be work or, or whatever it is. We try to do whatever we can do to get by, you know. Stay right below. Well, we're going to speed, but we're, not going, to, we're going to stay right below to where we think we're probably they're going to let us go, you know. Uh, you've heard it said, you know, we're just going to do it like this and call it good. Do it like this and call it good. If you're having to call it good, it's probably not good, you know. Good will stand on its own. It don't need any help by calling it good. Good will stand on its own. So the Sabbath was never intended to be a burden, was it? It wasn't intended not to be enjoyable. But sometimes we put our own interpretations and restrictions of how we think the Sabbath is to be observed. And other times, which is a lot of us probably, including myself, that I have my own plans, I have my own things I want to do. And I love those things more than I do my Heavenly Father. And they will kind of take priority over maybe observing the Sabbath or other things like that. So let's go with the, the first mention. I think we need to, to go with this. <clears throat> now, this is more of a study of sorts, but you just have to hang with me for a little bit because we're going to get to the to the meat of it. Genesis 2, uh, 2 and 3 it says <clears throat> and by the seventh day Yahweh commanded and completed his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day for all of his work which he had done and Yahweh blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because, it, because in it he rested from all of his work which, which Yahweh had created and made now there's some key phrases, just like Chuck was mentioning other, that you have to understand before you can move forward. One of them is to rest, <clears throat> uh, which means to stop working, to put it into, but you notice that the definition doesn't have anything to do with being tired. If you're looking at musical uh if you're looking at music and you come to there's this symbol that says rest, what do you do? Is it because they put that in there because the violinist was really tired at that point and they knew they needed some rest. There's no reason they put that, that symbol in there. It's this, it's, it's, it's a period of silence. Nothing is supposed to be going on during that rest. Okay. Uh, you've heard the expression, give it a rest. Now that's a little bit different because uh, that means I want you to be quiet. I want you to shut up. I want you to stop. You're making me tired. I want you to chill out. So give it a rest, okay? But he also, he sanctified. He set apart this day for a sacred purpose. We're sanctified. We may have things in our house that you could say are sanctified, that we set apart for a special occasion. You may have silverware that you only use at special occasions or or dishes that you use. They're set apart. You may have some clothes that you only wear at special times. They're set apart. You don't just wear them every day. They're set apart. And then he blessed. He blessed this day as well. Blessed means to kneel or to adorn the day. Now, what's weird about this Sabbath is, we've just read here in Genesis, the Sabbath is not, it says rest. It doesn't say Sabbath, but it's the same word when you get into Exodus 16, 22. Now, this is like 2,500 years later. And if, I'm, if I got this correct, somebody will probably correct me, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the next time you hear anything about the Sabbath. Twenty five hundred years into the Bible, we see it at creation, and we're seeing it now in Exodus sixteen, where Yahweh told the children of Israel, "Hey, I'm, I'm putting this man out there. You're going in the wilderness. I'm going to have this man is going to fall, and you're going to eat of this manna. And on the sixth day, I want you to gather twice as much. Okay, you're going to gather twice as much because it ain't happening." on the Sabbath. It's not coming out on the Sabbath day. So I want you to gather twice as much. <clears throat> and, in Exodus, and it says that he told them to gather a double portion of manna on the sixth day and they were to boil or bake what they had gathered on the sixth day because the Sabbath, is, would not, would, there would be no manna together. Now the reason for this stipulation was because it was a holy Sabbath unto Yahweh. It was the Holy Sabbath to them. Now look at 23 and 24 again, though. What does it say and what does it not say? It says to gather twice as much manna on the sixth day. To boil, to break what you need on the sixth day. And what is left put aside until the Sabbath. Now we could say that the baking and the boiling to be used for the Sabbath was done on the sixth day. We could say that. And that's kind of how I grew up that the boiling and breaking was done on the sixth day. But we could also read this as saying that the manna not used on the sixth day was set aside, and it did not become foul, and was baked and boiled on the Sabbath day to be eaten. We could just as easily say that, can't we? Because when we read read previous verses, that some of them have kept it over from the day before, and it become foul. Yahweh was not happy with them about that. Because it had already happened. So we could, we could read that both ways. So it's really hard for us to decipher which way we should go. Should we prepare on the Sabbath or not? You know, I think you have to ask yourself, <clears throat> keep in mind that that this stipulation was the gathering of the manna. It had nothing to do really with the preparation. It was about the gathering of the manna. If, if preparing was an issue, I think we would have to Ask yourselves, why wasn't Yahshua more prepared? And we read in Mark 2, 23 and 3 through 28, when the Pharisees saw him walking through the grain fields, he was plucking some grain and eating it. Wasn't he? He's going through there and eating it. Now, here we have the, the, our Savior, our example to live by. He's violating the stipulation imposed by the Pharisees. It was their own stipulation. You can ask yourself, why wasn't he better prepared? I mean, he knew he was going to be out all day. Why didn't he bring some food so he wouldn't have to be gathering that food? Why wasn't he better prepared? See, I'm not, I'm not telling you which way to go. I'm just throwing this stuff out there. But later on, I'm going to, we're going to change it a little bit. <laughs> so what we have so far is that the Sabbath is sanctified. It's set apart. It's set apart for a sacred, uh, sacred purpose. He blessed, he adorned the Sabbath, and he made it holy, sacred, a set-apart holy day. Now we finally get to where we see the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Uh, let's just read there in Exodus 20. You've, you've read this many times, I'm sure, but I want to read it to make sure we don't forget something. Exodus 20, uh, verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, and do all of your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahweh, your Elohim. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son, your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So we read here... <clears throat> Verse 11, we see, uh, well, let, me, let me go back. So it says to remember. This is something we're supposed to remember. So you remember it every week because it happens every week, doesn't it? Here again, it says it's a holy, it's sacred, it's an apartness. And work is considered, you know, he sees from doing his work. It's talking about deputyship, ministry, service, employment, labor, performance, business, trade. But in verse eleven, we see reference made again about the creation, don't we? It goes all the way back, takes you all the back twenty five hundred years prior, because Yahweh had ceased; he had stopped twenty five hundred years ago, and he he observed this day. Even though we, you don't see it through Noah, you don't you don't really see it in there. It's there, so they're intrinsically connected: creation, Yahweh, this day. They're all connected and it's Yahweh who's actually the connecting point. That's the main link. It's not, because it, it, we, when we do this, we are acknowledging him. Now when you read the, the 10 Commandments, it's kind of vague, isn't it? it says remember the Sabbath, and that's it, it really all it says. It, it doesn't really tell you what to do, what not to do. So we have to reference other scriptures in order to get a full picture on how the Sabbath is to be observed. If we turn to Exodus 31, verse 13, it says, But as for you, speak to the sons of the Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and throughout your generations, that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. Therefore you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Every one of you who profanes shall be sure to be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. For a six-day work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant." He it says, it's a sign. Now, it's just, is it just me? Is it, is it, it seems like that's a harsh punishment for breaking the Sabbath. I mean, really, I mean, there's, there's other things that doesn't carry a capital punishment that you would think if you read through the, through the law. There's other things that seem like, yeah, they need to die for that, but not so much. But the Sabbath, that's pretty harsh punishment, isn't it? You ever thought about that? <clears throat> we have to remember this it says it's a sign between Yahweh and his people now who's he talking about right here he's talking about Israel isn't he he's, that's his people he, he brought them out of Egypt he's talking about this, those people but wait, we have to remember a few things here that it was established long before there was a Jew or long before there was Israel. This was established at creation because we've already read it. We're going to continue to read it several times. We also remember that when we're accepted in, in, uh, we in, accept Yahweh's provision for our sins through Yahshua, that we become a citizen. When we accept Yahshua, we become a citizen of the promise we become a citizen of Israel because that's the only place that there is a promise. There's no other promises anywhere else but to his people. We become a citizen of that and his laws they pertain to us as well. Now some of the definitions are a sign is as our mark, a token, a badge, a standard or maybe a flag. That's a sign that identifies you. Our American flag identifies us with what? United States. A Texas flag identifies us with what? Texas. If you have a, uh, a flag, say, for maybe your college or whatever, that identifies you with that college, doesn't it? The Sabbath is the same way. It identifies us with our Most High. Now, one of the reasons for the Sabbath is that people may know that it is Yahweh who sanctifies us. Here's that word sanctifies again. And we just read that the Sabbath... Is sanctified the day is sanctified, but here we're reading that it's Yahweh who sanctifies us because if we see fit to acknowledge His Sabbath, we too are sanctified, we are set apart. When we acknowledge that Sabbath, we become set apart people because not because of the day in and of itself, because of who the day represents, it's a standard. When we look at Exodus 34, 21, we see that even in the busiest of times, we are to observe the Sabbath. When the rain is threatening the crops and you gotta get the crops in, or you gotta get the crops out, he says, it's all right, I'm your provider. I want you to stop anyhow. I'm gonna take care of this. If we got a deadline to meet in our work, we gotta we got go, we gotta go, we got a deadline. Yahweh says, hey, you go ahead. You, you stop on this have the I am your provider. I've known many people, and I myself have uh, suffered. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a suffer, but when I first got out of school, I worked at a mobile home plant, and uh, I, I moved up from just working off the floor to like a department utility guy. So I was doing a little bit of everything within that department. And then a little bit later, I moved up to uh, – plant utility so you work if somebody's out they call in sick you go to work in that area you work and you fill in there there so everywhere in the plant you work and so the next place to go up would be like like the uh, uh foreman and so they knew I wouldn't work on the Sabbath they knew that when I when I got there when I hired on they knew I wouldn't work on the Sabbath and so since I couldn't go any further they did it's best to be back to on the floor So I busted, you know, of course, there was a a monetary, uh, you know, deficit as well. You know, they (laughs) cut my wages and all that, so they busted me back to the floor. So uh, it it does set you apart. Now we see a trend that the Sabbath is emphasized over and over again in Exodus. It just kind of seems like it's more than any other topic. You're just reading along, and all of a sudden, it just pops up, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You know, and it's just like, where'd this come from? We're not even talking about the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And it goes on. In Exodus 35, it starts out about not doing any work on the Sabbath. It says it's a day of complete rest. But it goes on to say that they are not to kindle a fire. Now, when I was young, and you read through this, I mean, I've heard people explain to me what this means. So it says that they're not to kindle a fire in Exodus 35. Okay. Now, I've read some commentary on this. Now, commentary is people's ideas. It's their interpretation. It's necessarily not the gospel, per se. But it makes total sense to me about this that if you read through this whole chapter of Exodus 35, the whole chapter is talking about building the tabernacle, they're building this tabernacle and all these goods and all this stuff that's coming to them. And if you remember, the children of Israel, they would they were going to build all these all these things. A lot of it was out of gold, silver, and bronze, different things like that. And they they gave off their earrings and they gave all this stuff. And as a matter of fact, Moses said, Hey, that's enough. We got we got plenty. We got more than we need to build all these items. And when you get in, in there, he says, And don't kill no fire on the Sabbath. It seems to be that, that they're talking about don't be melting down gold, silver to build this temple. All the things that you craftsmen are gonna be building, don't be doing that. Even though this is a great work to be done, building this tabernacle, on the Sabbath, I don't want you to kindle fire, I don't want you to melt anything down, I don't want you to be building, working on this tabernacle on the Sabbath. Now that's what it appears to be saying to me. And it, it makes total sense when you read it in the whole context it's not talking about cooking. It's not talking about prepping food. That's not even mentioned in this, in this whole chapter. So look at it. If we go back into Numbers 15, we read a story of another man. He's picking up sticks. <clears throat> now, we've already read over and over that the consequence for breaking the Sabbath was death. Okay? So they, he, this guy was found, he's picking up sticks. <clears throat> and the question is, what do we do with this guy? How do we mete out this punishment? We know it's by death, but I mean, what, I mean, are we are gonna shoot him, I mean, what, what are we gonna do? And of course we know that Yahweh says, it's death by stoning. We already knew that it was death, we, just, we didn't know how it was to be meted out. Now we have to keep in mind that this was a flagrant act on this guy's part. This wasn't just casually, you know, my family's starving to death, you know. This was a flagrant act of disobedience, knowing full well what the consequences were. Now, Yahweh could have said, ah, but we'll just let it go this time. What would that, what does that normally do? That encourages others to do something else they're not supposed to be doing and doing it worse, and then it just builds and builds and builds. So this was a flagrant act. This wasn't just uh, something that they didn't know. It was well understood. But nonetheless, Yahweh followed through, didn't he? And he punished the guy. Now, he wasn't, it doesn't say why he's picking up sticks. It's, it's weird in my mind, now that I look back at all this, how all this got connected together. Well, he's picking up sticks so, so he can build a fire so he can cook. And none of that stuff is even true. We're just, we're making it up, Okay. We're, we're not to put it together. That's how I was taught, you know. So why do we even assemble on the Sabbath? What's the point? Well, it's not even mentioned in the Ten Commandments, is it? We have to keep in mind that the Ten Commandments are just a, like a condensed version or a summary, if you will, of, of how we're to relate to our Elohim and to our fellow man. It doesn't cover every intricate detail of everything we're supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing. A good example is this where it says, uh, Do not commit murder. Okay, we can just leave it at that, can't we? And Yahshua says, If you commit, if you, if you have evil against your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. Now that's the intent of the law, even though it doesn't really spell it out, does it? Yahshua also says, Uh, The the, the commandment says, do not commit adultery. Okay? That's easy enough. We won't commit adultery. But it's about the heart. All this is about the heart. Yahshua says, "If if you have lust in your heart, then you've already committed adultery. It's just as well as committed adultery, if you have lust in your heart. The same idea goes for the Sabbath. Now listen to me. Satan has influenced our culture. To have many things that appeal to our flesh, these things aren't sen- sinful. That they're all happening on the Sabbath day. You know that? It could be a golf tournament, it could be a football game or a sporting event. It could be shopping at Hobby Lobby and then going to eat at Chick-fil-A. All this stuff can happen on the Sabbath, can it? That's supposed to be a joke, y'all you know, guys. <laughs> Okay, Uh, and there's nothing wrong with these things, (laughs) but Yahweh has given us the Sabbath to refuel our spirits. I think sometimes we think of it as this day that we're going to get to kick back and chill out. It 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 is for that physically, but it's to refuel our spirits so we don't fall into the things that are of the flesh that are contrary to His will. The things of the flesh that are contrary to, there's things of the flesh that are not contrary to his will. Eating ice cream is not contrary to his will. You know, but you could eat too much ice cream and then you could be on that border right there, you know? So, so uh, all I'm saying is there's things that we like, that we enjoy that are not contrary to his will. So the Sabbath is a day for us to refuel, check and see, and see where we're at. And we don't find any mention of assembly for the Sabbath until Leviticus 23. I'm going to read that right quick. <clears throat> Leviticus 23, starting with verse 1. <clears throat> See, Yahweh spoke again to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, Yahweh's appointed times which you shall proclaim as holy convocation my appointed times are these. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there's a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do any work on it, for it's a Sabbath unto Yahweh and all of your dwellings. It is a, it's, it's a time we're going to stop. We may not be tired, but we're going to stop. We're going to rest in the sense of stopping what we normally do. <clears throat> it says it's a holy convocation. Well, we know that that word convocation means a gathering. It's not just a gathering. It's not a social event, but it is a holy gathering. When we come in this morning, do we expect a holy gathering? When we come through those doors, did you expect, man, this is, this is going to be, this is a set-apart holy gathering? Probably didn't think about it that way. I know I usually don't. But this is what it says it is. It's a holy gathering. So what what even does all that mean? So where do we get the notion of not buying and selling? On the Sabbath. It's really not mentioned again in the Ten Commandments. It's not really there. But again, because of our culture is set up in such a way the Sabbath day, the seventh day, has a lot of things to do, don't it? I mean, I mean, there's, all the shops are open, and, man, you've been working all week. You can just go. <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of times we'll try to find a loophole. <laughs> Attorneys are really good about finding loopholes, aren't they? Uh, we're, we're, we do the same thing. We're going to try, like I say, do the least amount possible, and if we can, we're going to find a loophole. You know, in a perfect world, think about it this way. In a perfect world, everybody would be observing the Sabbath, wouldn't they? Would you agree that in a perfect world, everybody would be observing the Sabbath? So if you're living in this perfect world, there would be no places open for business, would there? Because we're in a perfect world. So there would be no buying and selling, would there? So to me, in my way of thinking, this is simple logic. It doesn't, it's not rocket science to figure this out, even though it's not specifically mentioned in Torah. I've got a scripture, though, we want to read. It's in Nehemiah, and I'm sure you, you guys are very much aware of all this stuff because uh, these, are, these are really common scriptures. But Nehemiah 13, starting with verse 15, it says... In those days I saw in Judah some who were shredding wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sacks of grain and loading them onto donkeys, as well as wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads. And they brought them to Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I admonished them on that day, not that they, uh, on that day they sold food. Also men of Tyre were living with, uh, were living there, who imported fish and all kinds of merchandise and sold them for the sons of Judah on the Sabbath, even in Jerusalem. And I reprimanded uh, the nobles of Judah and said to them, what is this evil thing you are doing by profaning the Sabbath day? So Nehemiah, was he, was he like maybe a little overzealous? Was he kind of like on the verge of the Pharisees trying to make up some stuff? Because it's not, it's not, really, it's not really mentioned in the, in the 10 commandments. Or was it that Nehemiah knew that the, that the children of Israel, some of them, are coming back into their homeland, and he understood one of the reasons why they were taken into captivity was because as they profaned the Sabbath. You reckon he understood that? Now, being in 70 years in captivity, you, you, it's a good possibility that you have forgotten some things of how they should be, but but... I'm pretty sure Nehemiah understood this. He understood, this is some of the very reasons we got, you know, in Babylon. And here you are doing the very same thing. Jeremiah, we see pretty much the same thing where Yahweh tells Jeremiah not to carry any loads on the Sabbath or bring anything through the gates. Yahweh tells him the blessing of observing the Sabbath. But he also tells him of the consequences of not observing the Sabbath. Were these prophets just making this stuff up? It's not specifically mentioned in Torah. Was he just making stuff up? Were they being overzealous? Or did they understand the Sabbath? I think they understood the Sabbath. They understood the consequences it, 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 of, of not observing it. You know, when we look at those who gather on Sunday, what they call their Sabbath, Sabbath is, is stopping on their day of rest, we can see that even they treat it differently, don't they, than the other days of the week. <clears throat> now, that has changed dramatically over the last 50, 60 years. When I was growing up, there was blue laws. A lot of you younger ones don't even know what a blue law is. But there was blue laws. And the Puritans are the ones that instituted the blue laws. And they, were, they understood that even though they was observing Sunday, that is, to be treated differently. The blue laws forbid you to, to buy and sell on the Sabbath. Actually, used to, when I was a kid, you go to town, there's nothing open. Nobody's on the streets. Nobody's doing nothing on Sunday because of the blue laws. Now, most of them have been repealed through all the states. Not all of them, but some of them, most of them have been repealed to separate church and state, if you will but also to to gain more tax revenue. They open up on Sundays. But we have to see something here. Something's going on. Is that Satan is not content with just changing the Sabbath day, the seventh day to Sunday. He's not content with that. I mean, that's one small step, if you will, in the wrong direction. But that's not his goal. Satan wants to eradicate every semblance of the sabbath day if you can er- eradicate every semblance of the sabbath day what do you do you eradicate acknowledging the most high if there's no sabbath if there's no sunday to go to worship and worship the god of the universe what's the point there is no god of the universe that's what satan's goal is that is to eradicate every semblance of the most high you know even though Christmas is basically a pagan holiday, if you will. But there is a semblance of Yahshua, the birth, and all that, isn't there? There's a connection to the Bible, if you will. But Satan's not happy with that, is he? I mean, even though we know that this is this is got a lot of pagan origins, pagan roots, but we know that Satan's he's not happy with that. Now you can't even in, in a lot of cities you can't have a nativity scenes. You can't say Christ Mass. You have to say Festival of Lights or something. I'm not sure what they say. So Satan's not content. He wants to eradicate. When he can eradicate the Sabbath, whether it be Sunday or it's the seventh day, he can eradicate acknowledgement of the Most High. This is what the Sabbath is about, acknowledging the Most High. We need to look at the Sabbath as not just a, a list of do's and don'ts. But we need to think about it this way. Think about it as a, uh, a spiritual encounter with the holy God. Now think about it like that. We can encounter Yahweh any day of the week, can't we? Any time of the day, he never sleeps, he never slumbers. We can encounter him any time. But today is the day that He has set aside. He is mandated. This day, this day is not, okay, hear me out here. This day is not holy. Okay? What makes this day holy? Because it's tied to Yahweh. That's what makes it holy. It's just another day. But this is the day that he has set aside. If it wasn't connected to him, all the rest of the days are connected to him, too. He He like, created all of them, you know? Uh, but if it, this is a this is uh, recheck, it's what it's for, it's what it's set for, to recheck. So it's made for man, what oh, is it made for man for? So we can just do what we want to do? No, it's to keep us back to, oh, this is the day that Yahweh said, it. it's a holy convocation. This is what I'm supposed to be doing so I can remember that, oh, there is a creator. There is a Most High who created this earth. Isaiah sums it up pretty good in Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, 13. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of Yahweh, honorable, and shall honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure, and speak in your own word, then you will take delight in Yahweh, and I will make you right on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. So he says, if you turn your foot, in other words, go a different direction. You, you know you're going to go where your foot is pointed? You ever, you ever try to walk, you know, like this? It's hard. It's very difficult. You know, if you're, if you're a pitcher, and you're pitching you know on the mound the pitching coach would tell you to have your toe pointed to where you're throwing if you come down crooked you're going to throw crooked either way you're going to throw crooked you're not going to be you're not going to be hitting strikes so it's the same way turn your foot from doing your own pleasure and acknowledging me it's about acknowledging him even though all these things we love to do and we have to remember keep remembering that this is satan's tactic These things are fun to do, but it is Satan's way of incrementally getting us used to doing things and getting us turned away from here. It don't happen with my generation. It's not going to happen with my generation because we're pretty much set in our ways. It's going to happen with two or three generations behind us. And I guarantee you, you older people can see how the Sabbath is treated quite a bit differently than it was when you was a kid. Now, I'm not saying that everything we did when I was a kid is exactly right. I'm not saying that at all. But it's treated quite a bit differently. And this trend will continue. And three or four generations from now, you don't even recognize this place. Sad but true. It <clears throat> says, so turn your foot from, the, from doing the things of usual, your usual pleasures, on Yahweh's holy day on Yahweh's holy day. This is his holy day. And delight in the Sabbath. Are we delighting in the Sabbath? Do we delight in the Sabbath? I think we need to delight in the Sabbath. It is supposed to be delightful. It is supposed to refill our spirits because we're acknowledging the Most High. And we will ride on the heights of the earth and be fed with the heritage of Jacob. In other words, if we observe... And delight in Yahweh's holy day, this set apart day, then the promises that are made to Jacob will apply to us. Those special promises. What are the promises? That all the nations will be blessed by Jacob's offspring through Yahshua. That is the promise. Now, Yahshua would deliver his people out of bondage. He delivers us, he sets us free. Just like the woman at the well, he sets us free. And Yahshua would give us spiritual insights and strength through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that he had promised. This is what we're doing today. We're, we're, it, it's a spiritual encounter. And we should be excited about it. We should be just, man, I can't wait. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual encounter. Yahshua says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, think about it. Here we got this word again, rest. And this connects rest, stop. Yeshua is saying basically the same thing. Stop. I want you to stop. Come to me. Don't turn, turn away from where you're going and turn your foot toward me. I will give you rest. The Sabbath, Yeshua, Yahweh, it's all connected. And it's a spiritual encounter. We'll find rest for our weary souls. And finally, after we have observed the Sabbath, been faithful to keep his Sabbath, and have ridden on the high places of the earth, we will ultimately, we will enter that ultimate rest of that kingdom to come. That's gonna be exciting. Is there gonna be a burden, that kingdom to come, that ultimate rest? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a burden. I think we're going to be glad to be there. This is the consequence of observing the Sabbath. It's a pretty good consequence. That kingdom to come. Let's learn to delight in Yahweh. I struggle with this. I'm I'm kinda of hyper, a little bit hyper maybe. And so my attention span's real short. And so it's it's it, and the thing about it is in our fast-paced life that we have, we got so many things at our fingertips. It's hard for us to just chill out, isn't it? It wasn't like that way when when this was written. It wasn't fast-paced like it is today. But let's you, let's view the Sabbath as it was intended to be viewed as an encounter with the Holy God. So next week, when you come to Sabbath, just think about it. You know, say, today's going to be an encounter with Yahweh. I'm anticipating his outpouring. I'm anticipating his presence. Not just a bunch of chatter, not just a, you know, singers can, can sing chatter, can't they? And, and people speaking can speak chatter, but it's not about chatter. We're supposed to be expecting a blessing from the most high, acknowledging Yahweh as our creator of the universe, our provider who wants an intimate relationship with his people. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this Sabbath, Father. We thank you for this day to set aside to focus upon the one who set it all in motion. Oh, Father, help us to just to see a glimpse of really what your intentions are and and what you desire for us. And help us to anticipate your presence, to expect a blessing to see a victory each and every Sabbath that we can acknowledge you and stay focused upon your intent. Peaceful Sabbath to all of you.